You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a CBS Sports podcast. I am Mike Casaza. Here again with Chris Anderson to kind of go small level, big level here. One question that is pretty important to the future of the football program here at West Virginia. A little bit of a fantasy as well, but also it's kind of part of the entire conversation about college football at large across the country here. It has to do with NIL, player retention, player acquisition. And again, so good when it popped into our mailbag earlier in the week. We didn't want to just quickly answer it and have it lost in a bunch of other conversations we had that day. Kind of decided to break it out into another episode. And here we are, Chris, with a literally $10 million question. Yes. From WV Blessed, let's jump right into it because who knows how long we could talk about this one. Um, Right up our alley. If you are given $10 million to spend on roster management, what is your strategy for keeping dudes and guys on the team and grabbing studs from the portal? Um, a lot of those words were in quotes there because uh, for those not familiar with our message board, uh, what was the term? Jag, just jag. another guy. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of jags being uh, brought in previously, just another guy. And you need dudes, you need guys, you need studs. So, Mike, break out the... Uh, the ledger for me, ins, outs, all this stuff we should have studied in school for economics. Mm-hmm. And let me know how you're spending your $10 million. How are you budgeting it? How are you doing this? Well, here's my first question. And this is kind of funny, but I also think it's kind of serious too. Chris, is $10 million enough? I am glad you asked that. Okay. I am very glad you asked that because I think the answer is maybe. How's that? It floats, right? Uh, because the the only, I don't want to say the only number that we have on record or whatever, but the, a number that has been floated that was said apparently to donors by Ohio State head coach Ryan Day was that he needed $13 million to keep the roster he had. So I, I don't know if that's like $13 million on top of what he already had was, was spending. But he threw out the number thirteen million to keep the roster he had. Um, let's not set expectations of, of purchasing players at the rate of Ohio State, but so I think ten million is good, right? That's a good number. Probably, probably. Here's you, what I was you, thinking. Are you setting it too? Are we setting it too low? Well, 
I think it could be a thing. I'm trying to remember the rule here, but remember when Neil Brown said that you could sign so many players annually, or you could sign so many players over a three-year period, one or the other, right? You could go over one year, under one year. I wonder if like a team had like if if, if the country or its trust said, "We'll give you thirty million dollars for three years." That's all you get, though, right? Which again, all you get—that's crazy. But then I was thinking about our interview with Jay Coons, the director of recruiting and player personnel for basketball. He said he had—I don't know how serious he was here—but he was telling us a story about the SEC recruit who he was talking to about coming to West Virginia. And the person said, this is going to start at, I believe he said 500,000, 600,000, 700, 700. Yeah. And then he said, all right, so that's, that's right. He said, uh, whoa, buddy, that can't happen. Like that's my entire budget. So I did the math. I divided $700,000 by 13 players, $53,846 per player. Okay. So now we're going to take 53,846. And we're going to multiply it by 85. You know what that is? You got your abacus? Oh, is it about five million? Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. So you would think that that's probably okay. So then I was thinking, all right, can you use half for just keeping your players and then half for retaining players? And I think you'd probably, or, or recruiting players, I'm sorry. And I think you'd probably have to start something like that. But I would think in, we're using a round number here, 10 million. Perfect. I don't think 50, 50 is right. I think 40, 60, 35, 65 might be better as far as the lower percentage being who you have and the higher percentage being who you're getting only because people are going to leave no matter what, which puts the onus on how you're going to keep people. So I would split it up. If we're using a single round number to $10 million, I would probably devote again, like that 35% to, paying your players that you have, give them a salary, so to speak. And then the rest of that goes to getting players from the portal and then in turn, giving them a salary too. But 10 is enough. I think if you're doing one number every year, as far as a budget, I think that if you're budgeting out over time, five years from now, you might have to be looking at like 16, 18, 20 million. Yeah. I'm assuming it's only going to grow. Uh, I would think, I, I don't know. I, 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 there is part of me that believes there's going to come a point and a pushback of enough on at least as far as like guys who haven't proven anything. Um, I think maybe it turns into a scenario. You remember how the NFL, it used to be, I don't know, was it unlimited contracts for for NFL rookies? Mm-hmm. And you, you remember like the first round picks were getting like $100 million. I'm, I'm, that's probably high, but like tens and tens of millions of dollars with no limitations and all this stuff. And finally, the NFLPA said, enough. Like, you can't have rookies getting better deals than veterans and then not doing anything. They said, so, Sam Bradford cannot break our league. Right. So that's, I, I, I want, I mean, obviously, there's not a, there's not a players association. There's not a, I mean, hell, people in the same division or the same league can't even agree on anything, much less the entire landscape of college football. But, I think there will eventually be a push of, you know, colleges being like, hey, I'm, we're done paying for high schoolers. Not, not done, but, you know, hey, you get 50 grand max. You're a high school kid. I don't know what you can do. 
Um, if you are a proven veteran out of the transfer portal, okay, yeah, you, you can get a few bucks. But uh, and I think those numbers might go higher. Like you said, what'd you say, 16, 18, 20 million in the coming years? Like, yeah, I don't, sadly, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Okay. So now I'm thinking here, you give, you give your 60, 85 players a salary, um, which is weird, but that's what it is. Like at the beginning of the year, I think you have to split it up. I think you have to put like, use those transfer portal dates in your head. And then listen, if coaches can have retention contracts incentives, right? Like, Neil Brown gets half a million for this and, and for this date. And Jordan Leslie gets 25 grand for being the head coach or the defensive coordinator at this date. Like these are common things in the in the contracts. Don't know why they exist. It's just a way to give people raises, I guess, without the public getting mad. I think you probably should do the same with players. So, yeah, so oh sorry. So I think like you can use the portal dates, you can use spring football as kind of like um carrots on a stick that you hold in front of the the donkey here and you just say, listen, you can't get your retention inside of him until you play the spring game with us. Or you're in with the, you're actually on our team one week after the spring game or use those portal dates, use your spring football schedule as a way to spread out the, the salary, so to speak, you know, it's, maybe it's not equal monthly installments of a $50,000 salary or whatever it is. Maybe it's, you know, 12 for being there at the end of camp and 13 for being there in the, after the fifth game and, 17 after being in the bowl and just keep adding it up to hit the 50. Um, don't give everybody their money all at once because the first time they have their money and they get a chance to go, people are going to do that. So incentivize it, I think. 100 grand. <clears throat> okay. 25 grand upfront. There you go. 25 grand. That's your first payment. 25 grand after you've played in five games. That gets you to. Or you can say half season, whatever. You know, it gets you past that four game mark, so the guys don't sit out after four games. Twenty five more grand on January twentieth, you know, whatever whatever the forty five days is after the first portal window. Right, so once the first portal window closes, boom, another twenty five grand. Once the spring portal window closes, there's your final twenty five grand, and then we can start a new contract. There's your four dates spread out over the course of a year with incentivizing them to finish the season, stick through the first portal, stick through the last portal. And there's your four times 25, you know, 25 up front, 25, 25, 25. And it kind of fits into what you're saying there. Cause I mean, have you seen what's been happening already? It's wild. Um, you know, somebody posted the picture or the country roads trust posted the picture of, of the guys down in Charleston at the, was it toys for tots? Mm -hmm. And there's multiple players in there who have already announced they're transferring from West Virginia. But they are contractually obligated to finish out these events. There's a player that was on campus at West Virginia this past weekend. Um, I guess it's out now. Uh, Keandre Jones, offensive lineman from Auburn. And all of a sudden, he goes on Twitter and, and just sends out a tweet that says, I'm still in the portal. These are just contractual obligations. I'm like, what? Oh, what the heck does that even mean? And then like 20 seconds later, here comes a tweet promoting Auburn's NIL trust <laughs> right afterwards. And then another retweet and another retweet and just tweet after tweet after tweet promoting Auburn because that's where he was. He's offensive lineman from Auburn. Auburn's NIL trust prefaced by a tweet that says, hey, I'm still leaving, but 
I got to do this to get my money that I was already promised or I've already been paid. And I mean, I'm, it, what did you say in the podcast the other day? If you're not, if you're not crying, you're laughing, you're crying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm laughing right now. Cause this is just. Mwah. So would you do a hundred grand? No. Okay. I, I don't, I think that's high. I just was trying to, I, my, my small brain thinks of something in fourths. Cause I, I think I got the four dates, you know, the upfront, the port, the four game after four games, the, two transfer windows you got four so 40 grand and 10 grand each whatever it is um that might be more reasonable i i my um my father-in-law played for nc state and he got an email about a month ago saying hey we need some money because we're going to guarantee that every single player on the team gets twenty five thousand dollars player every player it's $25,000 scholarship or don't know if that was uh differentiated, but it, you know, they, they were soliciting saying basically they were giving a minimum wage through this NIL collective, like, uh, you know, the some, whatever NC state version of country roads trust is $25,000 each. Hmm. It says all football players. Yeah. I'm, I'm pulling it up now. Let's see. Yeah. So this was a couple of weeks ago. He got the email a little over a month ago. I guess, you know, trying to secure the money. And yeah, every, everybody on the team. The only caveat. The only caveat think, is that players will have to do community services each month. So that's I, I don't think 25 grand is enough. I don't either. If we're talking 10 million. Now, I don't know what their what their resources are there. I, I don't know the West Virginia would have 10 million to throw around. But to, our, to get back on our track here, yeah, I think you're looking at something where everybody makes something. And then... Here's an idea that I think is a bad idea. Incentivizing or creating um, separation points where if a player is all conference, wins an award, whatever, that all of a sudden he earns more. I think that rips up a locker room. I think that all of a sudden a quarterback maybe isn't thrown into traffic because he's worried about all conference. Like this is silly stuff, but like they're going to have at least questions or raised eyebrows about certain things when you know that there is a performance incentive in there. So I think that's a cool idea. Hey, this guy, he earns a contract bonus because he was first team all big 12 at his position. I'm not even going to name the position, but all of a sudden that becomes more of an, I thing than a, we thing. Whereas if everybody gets the same thing, same amount of money, then you kind of have some cohesion there, which is important too, because individually you, the NIL stuff, the players should be able to take care of themselves. I think if they're getting paid, I think it should be flat across the board. Everybody's everybody's getting this. It's up to you to be unique and to differentiate yourself, which is the purpose of NIL. So if you need the team to hold your hand for all that stuff, ugh, that's not a good thing for you. You're not getting anything out of this, right? So I would not do a thing where performance incentives are achieved. I think the things that we're talking about for retention purposes, that's really good. We can wrap this up, Chris. We both have agreed that most of our money would go to attracting players. And again, I can tell you that like when West Virginia was talking to quarterbacks, like you were talking high six figures to get a quarterback. So if you're, if you're thinking, all right, Mike, 10 million bucks, you're committing like 6 million to retaining or to attracting players in the portal. Is that enough? Um, I don't know, but like if one player is going to get, I don't know, like a huge chunk of your, money that you have available in this conversation so like let's just say it's 600 grand and you have six million well that's 
a pretty healthy percentage of your money gone to one player. And how many players you're bringing in? More than 10, for sure, from the portal, it looks like. So you're not going to be able to do it equally. Um, I don't know how you'd do that, but would you also put timelines in here too? Like, I think we both agree that you should have more money available for attracting players than just giving them the incumbent players their quote-unquote salary. Correct me if I'm wrong there. But also, we're talking about retention incentives. I wonder if signing bonuses are a good idea because the sooner you get a player in, the more you pay him, the sooner he's in the fold for your team. He's not going to other places. Um, and you let him know, hey, you have until seven days out of the portal opens. Our offer goes down. And 14 days, it goes down a little bit more. And, you know, if you're spring football, that's going to be a little bit diluted too. The specifics of this are going to be tricky because, again, how many spots do you have, how many plays do you take, and how much money do you have available? But we're talking about money here. You can expedite someone's enrollment, which increases the chance that you get him, but also decreases the chance that an opponent gets him. If West Virginia has a hard time getting players sometimes, if you let them know the clock is ticking and they're literally burning money, they don't make up their mind, it might not convince a lot of people, but the people who are into it just to take visits or who are going to pick West Virginia but go somewhere else and drive coaches crazy, this gets them on board faster. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I think, you know, the acquiring players part of it, I, I like said earlier, the, the high school recruiting thing, I don't know how much of that budget I, I would have. What do you say, 65-35? Is that the, the split you used? Rough, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm good with that. I think that's a good number. And then of that 65 for the acquiring, the acquisition of talent each cycle, let's say of that 65, like I would almost have like a four, what, 45 to 20 with 45 of that 65 being um, transfer portal acquisition and only 20 in high school because again like the importance of high school recruiting is dwindling every day it it is at an all-time low right now and it will only get lower as more emphasis is put on the transfer portal so in my mind i am spending the vast majority i'm at 45 to 20 split like say you say 4.5 million since we're doing a 10 million here i use six and a half million for acquisition I actually changed that. I'm going almost like maybe five and a half of that six and a half million is, is portal. I want proven game ready talent. If we're just going to cycle through free agents here, I don't, I mean, of course you want to develop, but how many of these high schoolers are legitimately going to 
you know, require large sums of money to come to your school. A couple per class, maybe when you're speaking of West Virginia and who they typically recruit for and against like a couple. So you don't need to have the budget for high school recruiting that you need for the transfer portal because West Virginia is going to have to go in there and get some legit transfer portal targets and spend their money. So I would have, you know, if we have 10 million, five and a half million of that is I'm getting new talent out of the transfer portal, 1 million for high school, and then the other three and a half retaining a nucleus, which again, we can talk about in a couple of minutes because I think it's important to emphasize a nucleus for retention. Like yes. no, no offense to... Uh, you know, the scout team guys in the backups and stuff like you, they are important to the team, but they are replaceable. I'm focused on the core. Okay. So, I mean, hey, we're going to be, you know, this, this is now a business. I mean, it's always been a business, but I, I'm not playing favorites with anybody. If I'm a head coach, you know, I'm a general manager now. You are pieces to a puzzle. And, and I know everybody's going to use recruiting and talk family. This is this is a general manager talking about pieces of a puzzle. I'm taking the uh, the what the money ball approach. I'm Jonah Hill now. Uh, you can be Billy Bean if you like. I'll be Jonah Hill's character, and I'm just going to tell you, Mike. Give me this guy from, you know, Jacksonville State, and he will replace 80% of Caden Prather and only cost us 40 grand. Let's do it. Hmm. And that's the approach I'm taking. I mean, I hate to take the. I hate to take the relationships and stuff out of it, but that's where it's trending. And if you want to find success, you might have to get a little more hard nosed like that. Let me uh, rapid fire some questions for you then. Go. If we're saying, again, we're using round numbers here. <clears throat> Every year, a player can get 50 grand for staying. I'm pretty sure that you don't like that. And you think freshman 30, sophomore 40, junior 60, senior 70. That sounds good to me. Okay. So incentivize it by coming back. And if you're here for a fifth year, we'll figure that out. Six year, oh, we'll figure that out. <laughs> be a doctor by then, probably should be able to pay your own bills. So, okay, we like that one. Number one, number two, of the ten million, would you like endow or maybe let's just say fund a figurehead portal recruiter, like the Trooper Taylor, so to speak? Yes. Okay, and it's going to prop up this person. I mean, he's going to get commercials on TV. He's going to get the really nice towel that he can wave on the sideline. He's going helicopters to games. Like some of that 10 million, could that just be your all-star portal guy? I don't know how, how grand you go here. I'm kind of being cheeky about this, but like you have assistant coaches who are just recruiters. They really, I'm not saying they can't coach, but like one of the reasons that staffs expanded from nine to 10 was so that you could kind of accommodate like wink nudge. This guy really can't coach. We need someone who else who can, or we got to have room for a guy who can recruit. The portal is so big right now. I wonder if there's something like that. Now, maybe there's not an 11th person on the staff. Maybe you can't devote an assistant coaching position to just a portal guy. But if you can use some of this $10 million to fund the employment and the operation of portal guy, is that realistic? Is it legal, but is it realistic? Man, who knew Trooper Taylor was going to take a stray on this podcast? <laughs> so we like that one. Okay. Yeah. Would you put assistant coaches in charge of like a prorated fund. For example, um, Matt Moore has more players at his disposal than Sean Reagan. Should they all have the same amount of money? No. no. But like also, is a really good offensive lineman worth more than a really good tight end? Eh. 
could you find some sort of separation in your staff? Like put them in charge of it because ultimately they're in charge of targeting and recruiting players. I know they have portal people who scout and all that stuff, but is there some sort of a function or is that a bad idea where the coaches are kind of in charge? They get so much money to spend on their position. No, I would not. I would not let assistant coach. Ed. There was an assistant coach at West Virginia once who told me he had several players in his room and I, you know, maybe didn't need all of them and was again pushing for more and already had one player at that position in the class and wanted another. And I said, are, are people leaving? Is there something we don't know? He said, I would continue. I would take 14 of this position if I could, if it were up to me, because each one of these position coaches, they know this is their job, like on the line. So they want as much out. They don't like, if you ask Matt Moore, how many offensive linemen you want, he'd probably say 30. You know, and if you asked, uh, you know, Neil Brown or a head coach, whatever head coach, whoever's in charge, like 15 is probably good somewhere in that range. Um, so I would not put any assistant coaches. You can make your pitch to our head transfer guy and general manager and, you know, accountant or whatever we want to call this person um, and make your pitch. Hey, I need desperately need a right tackle. We don't have, you know, somebody that's ready to play right tackle next year. It is the one hole that we have on the entire offense. And I know that so-and-so transferring from Georgia, you know, needs 500 grand. I never ask for 500 grand for offensive linemen. I never do. I never do. But we need it. We need it. There you go. That's it. And that is the extent I would have for the assistant coaches because, no offense to them, they're always going to be looking out for themselves and always think their position is most important and, you know, they know what their position is. They know whether it's strong or weak. So they're all going to make a pitch, a pitch and they're all going to think they deserve all the money possible. All right. I just have one last thing that I want to get to, but let me ask you if you have any way you want to close this off first. You mentioned you wanted to get back to something. I think that was the core. Yes. Any more meat in the bone here for you? Right. How many do, because Neil Brown made this comment too. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the exact quote was. I was trying to look it up as, as I was talking a minute ago, uh, something along the lines of, you know, they had a core of, of players that they were, they knew other schools were coming after and they were going to work hard to retain. How many players are in your core? How many players are you labeling? You know, I mean, you're not franchise tagging because other people can take them. But are you essentially franchising 10 players, 15 players? You know, does it vary from year to year? Like, what, what, are, you, what are you focused on? Does it have to be a starter? Or can it, does it have to be a great starter, not a fringe starter? You know, are you, let's say, you know, Reese Smith, technically a starter. Is that someone you're spending a lot of money on retaining? Is Caden Prather? Or are you limiting it to just Zach Frazier, Doug Nestor, you know, uh, players of that ilk? So I did this exercise in my head. There we go. I knew you would. Um, the, the number is not huge. Okay. It's just I not. Agreed. That's, agreed. That's not a surprise. Um, I don't have, oh man, I'm trying to look frantically at my notes here. I think I was at 19. And that's that's going to be very subjective because people are going to be like, Mike, Jacoby Spells, what's up with your fascination with this kid? But 
like I think that's a guy that you want to keep. But also, I would say nothing against him. I this, speaking of taking strays, this poor kid I've never talked to before. He's never interviewed, but I feel like he's been like singled out like twelve times in the podcast this year. We're just going to keep it going. He's been a good sport, hasn't said a word, but flight risk, right? I mean, he's he's from Florida. We've seen this happen a lot. He's a very talented player. Did not play a lot this year. Like that is a guy that if you're a cornerbacks coach or a defensive coordinator and you all worked really hard to get, like that kind of I'm not saying it keeps you up at night, but man. There are moments you're like, oh, man, I just really worry about getting that phone call. So there there are people like that. And then there's obvious ones like Nico Marchio. So the spectrum is very subjective. But I think I was at 18 or 19. I can't remember. But like you're talking 85. That's not even a quarter of your of your group there. Um, I also wonder, though, Chris, if I neglected incoming recruits from that. Thinking two off the top of my head, or the first two on the board right now, that would be the two receivers that we've talked about previously too. Like you really got to be careful now with that, and and make sure that those people are taken care of right away. Because I, I sometimes wonder how long a player is on campus before he thinks about leaving. It's the first time he gets yelled at by a strength coach. The first time he has a bad workout. The first time that he doesn't feel like he's one of the guys. Like I just think that's that's more and more an option now for players sooner and sooner in the process. So yeah, the core is something that you're going to have to identify, but. Unlike me, you're going to have to have really strict criteria for who makes up that core. Who are the keepers? Um, if it's fantasy football and you can only protect so many, or if it's an expansion draft and you can only protect so many, similar idea here. Like, I'm not saying you can only protect so many, but there's only so much money to go around, so to speak, even though we're putting like a cap on every person. But you're going to have to have a way to say, cannot lose that person. You know what? We got four in this room. If he's, if he's going to want to bleed us, then he can go. Uh, we work too hard to recruit him we have someone who can replace him. Like those are conversations you're going to have to have, but yeah, you need to establish just, just in general players need to keep and develop in the program. And then, Oh, by the way, make sure they're taken care of financially. So, and, and then like you said, how many, okay. So how many people on top of this, we're going to talk expenses, just a little side note real quick. How many people are you adding to staff and then putting on payroll to handle all this now? Yeah. So that might be some way to use your 10 million bucks because like you can only have so many, you can have unlimited. So when I say so many, there's not like a rule against this, but like you can only have so many player people who can do this stuff before you can't afford it. Like you're, you're not getting someone who comes in and is going to kill themselves on this stuff and paying that person 30 grand. You're just not. And right. the expectation because of what it is across the board, like somebody is going to say, well, this person makes three times what I make another school. Well, he's three times better. That does not matter because <laughs> that person's not going to work three times as hard to become as good as another person. So you're going to have to consolidate your expenses probably into some, again, some key person who can do this and be the face. But I think, and is that a former player, like, like an ambassador kind of a thing? Like you have that player relations person, like it's been Will Johnson before you see a lot of programs who have like a high school relations guy. Quincy Wilson was one. I wonder if you don't have somebody who comes in and like is a portal guy that, has some sort of gravitas with, with recruits or players or whatever like that, a former player, maybe someone who transferred, maybe it's a coach that is, you know, instead of being an analyst, he's going to be the portal guy. I don't know. That seems unlikely, but um, quantity, that's going to be important support staff. But I really wonder if you can't do that with GAs and people like that, or like, can you get a portal analyst? I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, you're going to have to invest in manpower. And again, I would probably think quality above quantity, but you can't ignore the quantity part of it. I have one more question for you, Mike. 10 million bucks again. How much of that are you willing to spend on a quarterback? 
I'm talking like a legit top five quarterback in the country well, is on the market. What year is he? Would be one because mm-hmm. I've just seen it happen way too much in college football where a guy is supposed to be the guy, has a great freshman season where he comes in and plays the, at the end of his year, his freshman year, and all of a sudden, sophomore season, this team is up and it doesn't work out. Any transfers or someone comes in and just kind of plateaus that they had a great first year, but that's about as good as they were going to be. And that the second and third years just kind of didn't change and he gets beat out. So you, you, why isn't everybody to ROI in a previous episode? That's a big, big deal at quarterback. They get hurt because they run a lot now. They transfer, they, 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 they go pro for sure. And if they go pro fine, you're going to, you're going to have good ROI there. I'd be really, really hesitant about a young person if it's a one-year deal, if it's like a JT Daniels, like we have hindsight now, but I would spend a lot more on JT Daniels than I would have Nico Marchio last year. How about that? Just because you're going to get more out of Daniels in one year, maybe two, than than Marchio. And Marchio, you could pay him across time to maybe make up for what he did not get up front like JT Daniels did. It's very subjective, I understand, but... That's a position that's extremely fickle. It's very, very important. It's the most important. But, man, is it volatile. Like, look at look at Miami this year. They're supposed to have the guy, and it did not work out. If you paid him $1 million a stay, and he can't be on the field because he's not good enough, boy, you're pulling your hair out, right? Yep. What's your take mm-hmm. on that? No, I just it just got me thinking about uh, the position and like how much what percentage of your budget you would allocate towards that because you know you look at NFL teams and so what is it I think the salary caps around two hundred million and you know for the top 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 quarterbacks it's thirty forty million dollars a year so you're talking like a fourth or a fifth of the entire salary cap for a quarterback so would you spend two million for Let's see, for Devin Leary from NC State, mm-hmm. $2 million for Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. Hmm. I, I, I'm sure there are teams that will or get close. Maybe not $2 million for those guys. I think maybe if you're talking last year with Caleb, Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, you're getting $2 million, but maybe not McCall or Leary. I'm not sure the quarterback crop this cycle is quite as high as it was last time. Sixteen, by the way, is my number. Found it. Okay. Oh, for the core. Yes, not sixteen dollars for a quarterback. Yeah, it's like dang, so you're gonna spend sixteen million on the, the ten million dollar budget. All right, Mike. fantasy drafts ever. Yeah. <laughs> so again, fickle number. Um. So here, here's an exercise for people who are listening, traveling, uh, Christmas party. This is a weekend for a lot of that stuff there too. Two for you here. Um. I guess a couple. What would you spend on a quarterback? How big is your core? And then how are you spending 10 million bucks? Drop in the comments. Think about it. Spin it around. Talk to whomever's next to you. It was good with party punch, I think. I'm we'll sure back. everyone will make very clear and concise arguments with the party punch. And every argument will be right. Yes. Amazing. It's the holidays come together. We'll be back with more. We'll talk a little bit more about transfers in the spirit of gift giving. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you then. 
from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.